Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Nuggets Numbers. I am your host, Ryan Blackburn at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. It is Tuesday morning, smack dab in the middle of a back-to-back as the Nuggets defeated the Sacramento Kings last night, 101-94. They will play the Dallas Mavericks on a back-to-back at Pepsi Center tonight. Weather's going to be tough, so don't stress too much about getting to that game or getting to a bar to watch that, even though that's the only way that you're going to be able to watch this game. So, really just telling you, get an illegal stream, honestly. That's where we're at with this right now. We had to watch this Sacramento game on an illegal stream today. Kind of pitiful, to be honest. This is stretching on far too long, uh, and it doesn't really look like there's going to be a situation anytime soon that gets resolved. So, that's an unfortunate uh, side note in this Nuggets season, which is too bad because the Nuggets are 3-0. and it may not feel like they're 3-0, but they are 3-0. They've they've struggled out of the gate offensively, but their defense has really carried them so far this year. Uh, but first, let's get into the three Nuggets numbers of this week. They are 45.6, 10.5, and minus 6.2. Let's go with 45.6 to start. That is Denver's effective field goal percentage through three games. 29th in the NBA and sandwiched right in between offensive giants in Orlando and Chicago. It's a really tough look for Denver's offense with as much continuity as the Nuggets are bringing back. You would think that they would get out to a stronger start offensively. These guys know who they're playing with. They know how to play together. Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, Paul Millsap, Nikola Jokic, Will Barton. That was the starting lineup that the Nuggets used last year. As it turns out, it hasn't really gotten off to a great start, but the second number, 10.5, that's a plus 10.5. That is Will Barton's team-leading net rating at the moment. The starters, even though they are struggling offensively, have been elite defensively. It's been kind of surprising uh, with Nikola Jokic coming in looking a little bit slower, with Jamal Murray not necessarily a strong option defensively with Will Barton being a little bit undersized to guard some of the top small forwards in the NBA, you wouldn't think that the starting lineup would be the best defensive lineup the Nuggets have. But that's been the case. It's been kind of surprising. I've I've been very impressed with what they've done. And they've done enough. Will Barton has done enough specifically offensively, especially in the second game, I believe it was, against Phoenix. Oh no, that was the that was the first game against Portland where Will Barton really closed the game with a variety of free fro- free throws. Yeah, he shot 11 of 12 from the free throw line in that game, 19 points, 5 rebounds, 2 assists. Played really well, I thought. 
uh, defended CJ McCollum really well. So that's been a big difference in Denver's offense so far this year. Their defense so far this year is Will Barton has not been taken advantage of at the small forward position defensively. The final number is minus 6.2, which is Torrey Craig's team worst net rating. The Nuggets have not been good when Torrey Craig is on the floor, and that's not necessarily his fault. He's made a lot of great defensive plays, including the game-saving block against Devin Booker in the Phoenix Suns game. However, the Nuggets defense has been actually slightly worse with Torrey Craig on the floor, and their offense has been brutal, especially on that bench. So we're going to get into it all. I want to break it all down. Make sure to visit Denver Stiffs when you can. Uh, we've had a lot of great content over the past couple of days. We're going to have more great content over the course of this week. May have something special coming out over the next couple of weeks. Uh, lots of great stuff. As you guys all know, I posted my stat of the week that was on pace of play yesterday. Uh, that's yeah. Yesterday is Monday, and we've we've had a lot of great content. Zach Mikosh will come out with his editorial today. Had a great editorial yesterday from our writers, so lots of great content. But let's get into the Sacramento game more in depth. The Nuggets win 101 to 94. Can best be described as a slog fest. Uh, the Nuggets shot 36% from the field, 28% from three, 90, 90% from the free throw line, which really was the difference in this game. Uh, they didn't put the Kings at the free throw line, and when the Nuggets got to the free throw line, they really earned those, those they earned those points. Uh, Jamal Murray was great there. Uh, other guys performed really well there. Uh, Nuggets as a team went 19 of 21 from the free throw line. That's been a problem in the past, but the Nuggets have so far done a lot better from the free throw line this year. Uh, other points here, the Kings also shot really poorly. They shot under 40% from the field, 32% from three, 62.5 from the free throw line. Again, this game was not an offensive-minded game, even though these teams, they used to be offensive juggernauts. Very surprising that this team is that both of these teams are so bogged down to start the year. Tough sledding individually for a number of Nuggets players. Nikola Jokic shot 4 of 15 from the field, had just 9 points and 2 assists. This was a matchup that he should have dominated, honestly. Uh, these games randomly come around for Nikola Jokic where things seem to line up for him to perform very well. He may not necessarily be as engaged as you would want him to be. Uh or just things just don't work out. Like the, the situation should present itself for a strong Nikola Jokic game, and it just didn't. He did have 13 rebounds. Uh, he did have two steals and a block, only two turnovers, but still it just was not an efficient performance from Nikola. Only two assists is really surprising from your primary playmaker. The Nuggets had 19 assists to the team, which is very low, especially for them. Uh Torrey Craig shot 1 of 8, Monte Morris shot 2 of 8, Jeremy Grant shot 2 of 9, and Malik Beasley shot 2 of 6. Those were the four, basically, perimeter players on the bench unit. And that's going to be a story going forward for this Nuggets offense. It has been brutal when the bench has come in so far in these three games. Defense has been strong, very, very strong across the board. They've really been saved. This bench unit has been saved by their defense, but overall, just not a great look. Monte Morris in particular looks very overwhelmed out there, 
and I suspect it's because A, he doesn't have enough spacing to work with, B, he may need another playmaker out there to play next to him and take some of the pressure off. Uh, this team likes to go through Mason Plumley in the post, and he was a strong performance against the Kings tonight. Uh, 10 points, 7 rebounds, 3 assists on 5 of 6 shooting. Uh, kind of acts as the hub of that bench offense, and especially when he's in the post, he likes to kick out the shooters. The problem is this Nuggets team doesn't have a lot of shooters on the bench right now, especially if Torrey Craig and Jeremy Grant aren't going to uh, space the floor well. They they haven't really gotten off to a great start. Jeremy Grant was strong in the first game, has come down to earth a little bit over these last two, uh, at, at least as a floor spacer. Uh, looking forward to seeing if that stabilizes a little bit more. Torrey Craig, though, has a history of starting the season a little bit shaky from three, so I don't know if that's going to stick around or not. But either way, Mason Plumley kind of got dominated defensively by the Kings in the first half, improved a lot in the second half. I thought that that was a, a big reason why the Nuggets were able to come back, especially when Nikola Jokic went out. The bench offense was able to go on a little bit of a run. Uh, still nothing special, still have a lot of questions there, but at, at least they answered some of them tonight. Gary Harris had a strong night. I thought he was the nugget of the night player of the game. Scored 17 points on just nine shots. Limited Buddy healed defensively a lot. Uh, this is going to be the Gary Harris campaign for all defense this year. Really been impressed with what he's done over the first three games. Did a great job against CJ McCollum when he was matched up against him. Against Damian Lillard when he was matched up against them, Devin Booker, all of those guys had kind of tougher nights when they're matched up against Gary Harris. And while it is a team effort, while it's a, while it's something that the entire team has to really focus on in order to take those guys out of their rhythm, Gary Harris gets the majority of the credit as he should. He's been great. Again, he was great against Buddy Heald tonight, five points on 13 shots and and Buddy Heel turned over the ball pretty frequently. So, good for good for Gary tonight. Uh, he needed an efficient game. Shot three of four from three. Uh, this was a really good sign from him. Only two of five inside the arc, inside two-point range. So, still something to watch there. I think he settles for too many floaters. That's That's been well documented over these first three games, so something that I've talked about pretty frequently. But either way, only one turnover from him. Uh, that's, a, that's a good start in terms of getting back to the Gary Harris that you know the Nuggets are going to need. Right now, Gary Harris is probably the third most important offensive player for the Nuggets, and he just hasn't been at that caliber over the course of these first three games. Hopefully this is a stepping stone for him to get back to where he needs to be. Jamal Murray struggled in the first half, but came out and hit back-to-back -back threes to start the second half. Then he hit the shot of the night, of course, in the closing seconds. Nikola Jokic actually bumped knees with somebody. I think it was, um, maybe it was Buddy Heald or De or De'Aaron Fox who was fighting through a screen. Uh, he bumped knees with somebody, had to go sit. Jamal Murray needed to be the guy to come up with a clutch bucket because I don't think the Nuggets would trust Gary Harris or Will Barton or any other player, honestly, in that moment with the ball in their hands. And This is going to be a big, big thing for Murray as he continues to develop. Can he be a guy 
with the ball in his hands, with the clock running down, to take some of the pressure off of Nikola Jokic and make the right decision. I thought he made a lot of great decisions tonight, and in the end, all he needed was a step-back jumper to kind of put the Nuggets up permanently. They put them up into uh, two-possession range. Uh, over De'Aaron Fox, I thought that this was a, a good game for Murray. Not great. Uh, he's had great games. He's had better games. But 18 points, four rebounds, three assists, only two turnovers. Solid. Like, he he's going to continue to establish a higher baseline than that. But if this is a an average game to a subpar game, then great things are in store for Jamal Murray for sure. Okay, let's take a quick break. And when we come back want to talk about my kind of primary takeaways from these first three games. We've had three games of data. It's all going to be small sample size, so take what I say with a grain of salt. All of this could change in the next three days. So with that said, let's take a break. We'll be right back. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Nuggets numbers, Ryan Blackburn here going solo. Probably have a guest on the next week's episode, but in between a back-to-back just wasn't going to be a great time to bring on new people. That's perfectly fine. We've got some things to talk about for sure. Three game takeaways. Um, the Nuggets have played three games. They're 3-0. and That's a good start. That's a major thing. The Nuggets have been able to win close games once again. A lot of people were talking about Denver's clutch time offense and how they were 13-3 and in games where they were th- within three points of the opposing team. And they were talking about that as a negative in terms of something that Denver could regress to the mean in that case. And they still might. Again, it's three games, but three games into it, the Nuggets have been in positions against the Blazers, the Kings, and the Suns where they have had to kind of fight and claw two of those games on the road, fight and claw for victories, and they've been able to do so. They've been able to make things work with the core that they have, and Nikola Jokic is a clutch player. Jamal Murray is a clutch player. Gary Harris has hit clutch threes already. I think it's been a pretty strong indicator that the Nuggets are on that track again to be a strong, close game performer. Uh You never want to rely on that fully. You'd like for the Nuggets to continue to uh, embrace pushing leads to double digits and putting teams away. However, this is great practice for the playoffs where the Nuggets had to go through two game sevens in the playoffs. They had to continue to fight and claw and scratch their way to a victory in a lot of those games against the Spurs and the Blazers. So this team is still young. 
they're getting more experience, but the more experience that they do get, the better they're going to get, and the more ready they're going to be for the brightest lights that the NBA can offer. So only experience can teach that. The bench offense needs more spacing or another playmaker, one of the two. Uh, with Monte Morris on and Jamal Murray off, the Nuggets are posting a 91.8 offensive rating. For reference, uh, 100 is a really, really bad offensive rating, especially in today's NBA. And about 107 is where I would say average to barely below average is. The Nuggets are about 15 points off of that with the bench offense kind of in full gear. <coughs> Excuse me. Not all of that is on Monte Morris, but he's definitely started out pretty slow. He hasn't been able to find guys in the flow of the offense as he normally does. Uh, I have a couple of theories as to why, but the primary ones are that the Nuggets do not have enough spacing. Uh, with Torrey Craig in there, with Jeremy Grant in there, those guys are kind of unproven three-point shooters. The, the first moment that I saw this in the Kings game with uh, Monte Morris and Mason Plumlee running a pick-and-roll on the front side... On the backside of that play, you had Jeremy Grant on the wing and Torrey Craig in the corner. And both of their defenders were in the paint, uh, pretty pretty far away from those guys and just daring Monte Morris to, to pass to them and try to uh, make that play work with a jump shot. Because the, the opposing team has the game plan on the Nuggets, and that's to force them to shoot. That's to force them to make those looks especially with Torrey Craig on the floor. His man was entirely under the rim. It was under the cylinder when he was in the left corner. That's going to have to change. That's something that the Nuggets are either going to have to pass to Torrey Craig a little bit more and force him to and force him to take some more of those shots to keep the defense honest, or they're going to have to change personnel. Maybe that involves Michael Porter Jr. Maybe it involves Juancho Hernan Gomez. Maybe it involves rotating one of the bench or one of the starters onto the bench unit so that they play Monte Morris, Malik Beasley, and Gary Harris or Will Barton or Jamal Murray. And that that corner is then occupied by an actual shooter, as opposed to Torrey Craig, who, while his shooting was very strong in the playoffs, I'm I'm having I have doubts as to whether it's fully real. Whether that's wrong, I, I don't know. But that's that's just me kind of trying to figure out whether it's a long-term scenario or not, whether it's a long-term solution. On the other side of that, Denver's team defense, especially on the shooting guards, has been stellar. Uh, Gary Harris, take a bow. Will Barton, take a bow. Those guys have been wonderful on defense. And it wouldn't make sense. It wouldn't make sense to give anybody credit without crediting the whole team. And that's true. Jamal Murray has had to, has had to switch onto those guys. Paul Millsap and Nikola Jokic have had to uh, cover up defensively on the on the backside and uh, and kind of as the role man in the pick and roll. Uh, CJ McCollum, in his game, 12 points on 18 shots, 3 assists, 5 turnovers. That's a great defensive night for whoever's guarding him. Devin Booker, 18 points on 21 shots, 7 assists, 3 turnovers, good defensive night, bordering on great. Anytime you can force a guy to go 18 on 21 shots, that's that's really good. 
And then Buddy Heald in this last game, five points on 13 shots with four assists and five turnovers. They inverted his turnovers and assists, and he had, like, five points. Come on. Come on, Gary Harris. Like, that's just absurd. He gets to take most of that credit, but again, it's Jamal Murray, Will Barton. Malik Beasley has been out there, and I thought Malik Beasley had a great defensive game against Sacramento. He was everywhere. Uh, racking up steals, getting in the face of shooters, thought he did a great job, but it's I have to give most of the credit to Gary Harris here. He has an opportunity, I think, to make an all-defense bid with the way the Nuggets are playing defense, with the way that he individually is playing defense and, and making these guys work. It's been very impressive thus far. I'm really, really impressed with what I see. Uh, the offense hasn't been great but it came along in the Sacramento game. Hopefully it continues. Uh, we're going to have to see, though, because Luka Doncic is coming to town. He'll play the Nuggets tonight. Uh, Drew Holiday will play the Nuggets. I think that's on Friday or, or Thursday, one of the two. And then Evan Fournier will be the primary assignment for Harris on Saturday night against the Orlando Magic. So, Luka Doncic, Drew Holiday, Evan Fournier. Those are some tough assignments, especially for Gary, who's a little bit on the shorter side. So we're going to see what happens. We're going to see how he does with it. And then last one, Denver's offense is just simply out of whack. When you generate, like, as I said in the, the first Nuggets number, when you generate a 45.6 effective field goal percentage as a team, that means that the shooting opportunities are really bad on the first opportunity. Uh, the four factors as defined by, I believe it was Dean Oliver, in terms of the largest indicators for great team offense and great team defense, are effective field goal percentage, free throw rate, turnover percentage, and offensive rebounding percentage. If a team does well in all four, then it means that they're doing great on offense or they're doing great on defense. Uh, the Nuggets have been awful in terms of effective field goal percentage, which I've defined as the most important of the measures. Uh, if you're a bad shooting team uh, during live ball scenarios, then you're going to be really bad. Like, that's that's just kind of how it is. Uh, the Nuggets have kind of scraped by because they've been saved by the other of the th four factors, the other three. They've been 10th in free throw rate which means that they're getting to the free throw line at a, at a solid rate. Uh, they've converted well there too. Like, as I said, 19 of 21 from the, from the free throw line against Sacramento. That was a big deal and helped win them that game. Their 15th in turnover rate, which is average. Uh, that's okay though, because uh, as long as you're not like lagging behind, you're, you're doing what you can to, to save those opportunities and at least get a shot up because if you get a shot up, the Nuggets have been second in off in offensive rebounding rate, which means that they're grabbing a lot of those misses. Uh, let me grab that number real quick for you. The Nuggets are... Oh, come on now, Ryan. Here we go. Don't let me lose you. The Nuggets have grabbed about one-third of all misses offensively. That's a massive rate, and it's going to adjust. It's going to go down, but the Nuggets were a great offensive rebounding team last year, too. That hasn't changed. That's part of their culture. 
Uh, with Nikola Jokic on the floor, he occupies so much space that guys like Paul Millsap, Will Barton, and, and the guards that can crash down, they have a lot of opportunities to rebound. Mason Plumlee does the same thing where he occupies a lot of guys. Torrey Craig, that's one of the benefits of having Torrey Craig on the floor. He can grab a lot of offensive rebounds because that's just what he does. He crashes the glass. Uh, DNVR did a great thing comparing him to Crash Bandicoot, which I think makes a lot of sense. He bounces and runs everywhere and blows everything up, but he does a great job doing it. He's an energizer bunny. That's part of Denver's culture, but I think what their culture really needs right now is shooting that goes in. Now, that's the only way that they're going to get back to elite offensive levels. They have to find guys who can make shots on the first opportunity. Uh, Nikola Jokic has to be better finishing around the rim. Thought he had a really, really bad game finishing around the rim against Sacramento. Uh, that's an evergreen tweet. Of course he did. He was 4 of 15. He's also 0 of 5 from 3. A lot of those were kind of out of rhythm threes, kind of ill-advised, but sometimes he just had to shoot it. Sometimes he didn't have to shoot it, and he just did anyway. So there's something off with this Nuggets offense. Not sure what it is quite yet. We don't have enough data to really back everything up. Uh, but I think effective field goal percentage is the most important by far of the four factors. And the Nuggets just need to make shots. The Clippers and the Bucks are currently leading the league in effective field goal percentage because they make their shots on the first try. They don't have that means they don't have to work so hard to get to the line or or get on the rebounding glass. They also generate fast break points, and the Nuggets don't. They had four fast break points against the Kings. Maybe it's time that they get out and run a little bit more. I know that the the pace of play has been a, a big discussion that I've tried to push a little bit over the last few days. The Nuggets are now last in pace in the NBA. Uh, there have been too many possessions that have been in the half court where the Nuggets just struggle to generate shots. Uh, and that's unsurprising because half court offense is really hard. And especially when your shooters aren't shooting well or your offensive playmakers aren't at the, the level that they need to be. They're not generating those easier looks for themselves. Uh, this is where Jamal Murray can really make an impact. If he can continue to set up guys on the perimeter so that they don't have to work as hard, so that Gary Harris doesn't have to shoot a bunch of floaters, so that Will Barton can take more advised shots as, a, as opposed to inadvised shots in the flow of the offense. Uh, that's a really big deal. We're going to see what happens, though. So that's going to do it for me. At Nuggets numbers. Again, check out the rest of the Denver Stiffs podcast network. We've got a lot of great episodes. This comes out on Tuesday. Another episode of The Dig with Nick Herzog and Jeremy Poli comes out on Wednesday. They'll be releasing their second episode of Breaking Basketball, the futuristic kind of basketball documentary about the Nug Life, about how Denver wins the championship this year. They're going to do that. And then on Friday, we'll have another episode of the Denver Stiffs show either Friday before the game or, or if there's actually, yeah, I don't think that there's a game on Friday. I think it's on Thursday. So we will have a, a show recapping that game, uh, seeing where the Nuggets are after five total games, and it's going to be great. We're going to have a great time. So keep it tuned here to Denver Stiffs. Thank you for listening so much, and I will see you guys next week. Mm-hmm.